look like you, you're recording out of a, a non-smartphone camera, front-facing camera. Yeah, I'm on a laptop. We're doing okay, low. We we're go. doing low tech. We've got sound quality. You've got a good sound quality still, but we're doing oh. laptop tech. Oh, you didn't Just because I'm away, again. right? I had to carry everything on my motorbike. Oh, so everything I have with me came up in the panniers of this bad boy. The motorbike in the background there is what brought everything. So I was just bringing the just bringing the laptop. It turns out, uh, how's Petaluma, man? Good, Petaluma's Petaluma. I came up on the yeah. bike last night. It was beautiful light. I came up at like five o'clock or six o'clock last night, and uh, it was just uh, two hours of just smiling the whole way. You know, it looked really beautiful. great. It looked beautiful. Yeah. That, between yeah. that and your solo camping trip to Arnold <laughs> or near Arnold, that has to be yeah. some of the longest longest bike ride you've done in a while oh yeah i mean i've done almost uh, since i bought that motorbike i've done another half the mileage um just in the last few days so days. for context i'm on sabbatical officially autodesk where i work is every four years you get six years of every four years you get six weeks vacation um and i've been there for seven years i've never taken one so i accrue another one next year but if you if you accrue another one you lose the one you have so i have to take it so i'm taking my six weeks now up in Petaluma with the family at the pool. Wet hair just came in from the pool right now. And off to Ireland. We'll be in Ireland for three weeks. A uh, little bit of France for a stag party. Things like that. So I have to cut that out because it's a surprise stag party for this guy. So anyway, but yeah, a bit of time in Ireland for three weeks. A little bit of time in France. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love that you've just stepped out of a pool. We're on yeah. sabbatical. I love the idea of you, you're forced to take a sabbatical. Otherwise, you lose it. Good luck. Please yeah, leave and they're, work. They're at, and our, everyone, like... Yeah. CEO down people will just they go on sabbatical it's a great yeah. policy it's a great great policy today I'm delighted I'd like to welcome Renee to our podcast uh, Renee is an extraordinary person she in terms of her career spent some time at Bose five years at Bose in consumer insights worked at Oracle for a while in health services and more recently works at the same company as me in Autodesk for the last four years as director of user research I was very excited when Renee said that she would come on this podcast for two reasons a generally awesome person, knows an awful lot about user research and we can dig into some of that stuff. But I have a lot of fun with Rennie at work as well. All of our one-to-ones or anytime there's any chance for an interaction, it's always enjoyable. So thanks a million for coming on the podcast, Rennie. Oh, thank you. I've been looking forward to it. I really um, appreciate the invitation. Yeah. So mostly I wanted to get you on now that now that I've said the nice things is um, a bone to pick on in terms of, well, first of all, why don't you tell us, um, how did you hear about this podcast, Renee? The, the old bait and switch, Renee. Yeah, the old straight away. Okay, so the first thing you should know about user researchers <laughs> is that fundamentally we are creepy people. <laughs> like, I was just looking something up on Spotify and then this podcast came up and I thought, oh, I've never heard that before. And I turned it on and I heard a very familiar You're voice. You're kidding me. You were listening before you realized it was me. Are you serious? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was listening to the podcast and then I, thought this, I just had that weird, awkward feeling. Like, oh, my God. I think I know this person. And then I kept listening. Now, a normal person would stop <laughs> and say, this is <laughs> a private podcast between two friends. <laughs> As private as podcasts can be, but no, I listened to every single episode and it was wonderful. For, for someone, for other people who are trying to have private conversations, would you recommend a podcast as a medium for that? Yeah. Yeah. You think yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah. It's very intimate, very private. <laughs> I think all the crucial conversations you need to have with your significant other, they should be done yeah. in podcast format. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, that, it is, I also love the idea that you knew Marcus, obviously, but it was still a private conversation, so you didn't know it was happening. That you're like a very, very special type. Of, you're a very special segment in our audience. You know us to a degree, 
but uh, yeah. just stumbling upon, and you're not forced to listen, unlike most of our audience, which is most important. of our no. family members. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, there's a reason why this is in the top ten Irish. Oh, tech we wish. Podcasts. We wish we're in the top twelve. We that's wish not, we were in the top. Oh. Let's not we, get carried we away. We aspire yeah. to that someday, you know. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Renny, what were you looking up when you found us? Oh, I did. A I would love to know your Google, your search, your Spotify search. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking up that Dyson face mask. The wear, yeah, yeah. Dyson, Dyson Bart, we were calling it. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> the abomination. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Why would I look that up on Spotify? I don't so know. So not many people had done a podcast on it. So we were in a niche <laughs> market there, right? Yeah. I look up for and what what's the deal yeah. what's the deal with where were you looking for one what what why do you want to know about the Dyson you know what well I listen to a lot of podcasts I love podcasts uh-huh. and I love uh so I my background is in consumer consumer devices consumer wearables phones that sort of thing I love um I'm fascinated by consumer uh like wearables in particular mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really fascinated by the wearables that augment us as humans Right. Like we live in a time where whether it's as something as obvious as Google Glass or something as simple as like just my smartwatch, like it's augmenting me in right. some way. And it's helping me accomplish something that I can't just do with my sort of my my meat suit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're, you're... So, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by that. Like why? What do humans want to do? What are those motivations? I think they change over time. Like during COVID, obviously, we, we were seeking ways to monitor our health, um, you know, like help us to not be bored. But when people go out into the world again, suddenly now they're really interested in wearables as a way to project their personality, their, who they're, you know, their sort of who they are, who they want to be. They do all sorts of other things. They help augment us in other ways, obviously, but yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. And you're, 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 I love that. You're preaching to the choir here, right? We're, we're fans, uh, me and Rami. Rami got me into VR gaming a couple of years ago now. Um, so, But one of the things, so just staying on that topic, I did see that um, Facebook has announced that it's delaying its um, augmented reality headsets and that... Um, <laughs> Uh, a num- and the VR, th- yeah, a number of VR things are kind of going on back burners. I'm wondering, has do you think there's been a shift? You kind of alluded to it there that um, what we, what we were all pushing for during COVID was you know this escapism and VR and AR. Do you think that's as important now that we're uh, kind of going back to normal, or or what do you think's happening there? That's interesting. That's really interesting. I guess it all comes down to what the motivation for AR or VR is for the consumer. You know, like um, if it is escapism because you're stuck in your house or you're just seeking some novelty. Yeah, like VR is is a great, I mean, for some people, it's a really, really compelling alternative. Maybe, I mean, I think I see what maybe you're alluding to is that once we're able to go out into the world again, our attention is going to shift, you know, like it just feels we're going to relish the ability to connect. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's that's my perspective anyway. What do you think, Remy? Our hypothesis was that everyone's going to throw their phones in the river the second the pandemic ended because they just wanted to go back and touch people. Just lick lampposts and touch people was going to be the, the kind of counter. I'm not sure the stock market's reflecting that exact hypothesis, but we're not far off. Yeah. So, so yeah. Are, are there well, a particular, like outside of VR, are there a particular sort of AR augmenting wearable devices that you're more drawn to? Do you think some are kind of working more than others? Yeah. I think obviously we've seen like wide scale adoption of smart uh, smartwatches, 
Um, and it took a while, but, you know, I think that that is, has just become sort of like, you know, just like just accepted now. You see yeah. so many people wearing them. But I think it'll be interesting. I With the uh, um, the announcement that Google Glass was going to be relaunched, I think that will be interesting to watch. I wonder if this is the right time now. Yeah. Obviously, it you wasn't think there's the right room time for, before. You think it'll go down the glass hole, road, glass hole route again immediately? Or you think there's you think people are more accepting of that now and more ready for it now? I think they're much more accepting of it than they were in, what was that, 2011, yeah. 2012? Sometimes. I think a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people are also, like, social norms have changed. Right. So do you remember, like, back at that time, people if people had their phones out, it was still considered kind of rude. Uh-huh. But now, I think a couple of things have happened. One is the interfaces are um, enable the users to be in like their digital world and in the physical world a lot more seamlessly. Right. So I think people are getting used to that and they, they want something that helps them be in both worlds. Uh-huh. The, the other thing I think is that there's like a whole generation of Gen Z that grew up with like their fingers are almost like, like they, they use their smartphones in different ways. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think it's I think they're it's just it's gonna be more natural for them. But I don't know. I, I think a lot of it has to do with like how well Google supports their early adopters. Right. I think that, that will that'll come do, down to that. Do you think do you think it's like a um a consumer thing or an enterprise thing? Like if you and I were on a work call, we were having a one to one and I had my glasses on and I was like looking mm-hmm. up to the right and stuff, do you think that would be accept you think that would be okay? <laughs> like, do you think, I mean you think you, I, I, I still think I would be Are weird you telling me you're not looking at slack the whole time you're I on am. one-on-one I, with I, Renee anyway and we are we're both everyone multitasks but it's yeah. i feel like it's the, yeah. it's different isn't it? i don't know something different about it that like someone just going yeah yeah no but yeah, it won't really, be like that really anymore interesting. Will it? it won't yeah. be like that the tech the now the tech is all up op- the optics are all right line of sight they're in regular looking glasses so it looks like Ray-Bans. i'm looking straight at you and i'm and yeah, i'm reading a text message yeah all the tech is going to be super seamless i'm is, so in i want first gen that i'm all in on that let's do that well the original snap glass the, the 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 Gen Z story right now. I think as soon as you said that, I was generational change for me is the biggest thing that helps tech adoption. And I, when I think of Gen Z, I think of Snapchat. When I think of Snapchat, I think of their first Snap Lens they brought out. They're onto that third generation, right? And that got great cultural adoption, even though it had not one but two cameras. And that was the main value proposition was just record people from your glasses. It wasn't even the looking in bit. And the recording, remember, was the bit that was most offensive, socially, you know, in a bar, recording people, uh, privacy, etc. So I feel like there's been enough kind of data points now to say that we're getting, we've passed the hump of the privacy recording via the, the glasses, right? That's interesting. So maybe the um, uh, the whole uh, like mass adoption of TikTok and that kind of everyone can be a creator vibe right. is going to be the killer use case for, right. for glasses. Right, it took short form video to unlock, mm-hmm. uh, it took dance memes to unlock AR glasses. That's the non-linear path of technology adoption in the intergenerationally. I reckon that's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah. We just, is, is that going to be the use case that, that makes you adopt it, Marcus? <laughs> 100%. That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> just a reason to, to bust out the floss or whatever. Yeah. So, Rene, I've realized as I was doing the in- just as I was doing the intro, you're at Autodesk four years now, four years and one, one month, which means you have just accumulated your first sabbatical as well. Do you have any plans? Yeah. Well, I hired a new manager, uh-huh. so I have to push my sabbatical off. Okay. However... Um, I am, I have some 
very strong pre-vacay vibes right now because I'm going on a two-week vacation nice. starting on Friday. Oh, yay. Yeah. And you're doing your pre-vacay. Have you learned that from Randy as well? Like that you have to get the enjoyment before That's you go? That's a good one. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Friday night vibes. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's so yeah. All it's week so good. before you go. It is a uh-huh. thing, though. I, I think I never did pre-vacay before but it is a thing anticipating your vacation i feel like that's yeah yeah and to be clear credit where credit's due it's entirely up to my wife carolina who pre-vacays for like three months beforehand <laughs> the scheduling and the, the planning and the booking is actually the enjoying part but the, the execution is just like is not, execution yeah because yeah, the vacation is like seven days whereas the pre <laughs> is seven months worth of planning that's great it's much longer Nice. It's very aspirational. We could do that. We could do whale watching. We could do horseback riding. <laughs> yeah, research. We go, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Are, are you, can you divulge where you're headed to and then what's the plan? Yeah, yeah. we're going to the Bay of Fundy. Oh, nice. Uh, in Nova Scotia. Fantastic. So Cold? We're, um, no, I actually think the water's quite warm. Okay. I'm not sure what the air temperature will be, but I don't know how familiar you familiar you are with that area, but cool. the, the tides are measure upward of like 55 60 feet wow so when the tides go out and you walk on the beach you're walking on the ocean floor wow. and so it's just a great place for if you like geology uh-huh. and you know marine biology things are like there that. Little, really are there place. are there like billions of tide pools or what what's the what's the ground I is it so. wow okay yeah. amazing yeah. are you gonna do some like yeah. snorkeling and stuff or, or what do you do there Oh, I don't know if we're going to do snorkeling. We're, we're definitely going to go swimming, maybe some kayaking, maybe a whale watching. Sounds great. Uh, eating. Yeah. It, it, great. It, you're going to eat in the next two weeks? That's that's excellent. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> we fully endorse eating anytime. Uh, is this also the, one of the situations where, where like a holiday goes, we'll take a stroll out while the tide is low and just get stranded on some relic or rock or something and then get rescued? Is there like a systematic plan to rescue people as they get stuck? <laughs> I feel like you should yeah, have that. Yeah, so... They should. Yeah. Yeah. No, there are a lot of warnings about, you know, being mindful of the tide times. And in fact, I looked at one house on Airbnb and you, there are only certain times of the day when you can access the house. Awesome. Because when the tides come in, you're stuck. Awesome. Unless you're boating somewhere. I know. See, wouldn't th- that be kind of cool? That's a smart Airbnb strategy because normally you've got to tell people to check out at 11 because the cleaners are coming. If you can tell them you've got to check out at 11 because the tide is coming, like that's, 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 that's clever, <laughs> isn't it? That works. Yeah. 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 That was a good model. Yeah. No. So we're gonna we're gonna dump my son off at camp. He's going to marine biology camp. Oh, perfect. And then we're gonna stay there and go on vacation. That's such a good idea. By dump, yeah. you obviously mean delicately uh, deliver delicately to an educational experience. Yeah. The prince. Um, what do you want to talk about today? So there's some things we can talk about, Renee. We can talk. We can go down the research route. Like I'm, I'm genuinely interested in. Uh, you have some strong, strongly held opinions on research topics, which I really like. Uh, you kind of. Uh, wrestled our org into shape in terms of research when you came on board and uh, we don't do any validation research for example that's a no-no we could talk about those kinds of things like why we don't do validation research Uh, or we could talk about other things just being you know being a successful woman in tech particularly and kind of what you feel like your role is is, you know as a mentor or you know things like so so what interests you there's there's lots of areas we can go into where do you want to go first you know what? That both of those sound good. I'd also, I'd also like to um, maybe talk a little bit about what you're trying to figure out. Sure. In this show, let's do that first. Do, do I you have, have a theory? I have an opinion. <gasps> I do have a theory. This, thank God, someone does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, at the beginning of Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Yes. And so the guest comes on, and they say, "I am X. I feel X about being Conan's friend." 
I think you should have each of your guests come on and say, this is what I think this show is about. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, let's tee it up then. I think it's about friendship. Oh. You two are just the dearest friends. And whenever <laughs> I listen to it, I think that's a healthy relationship. They're like supporting each other. They're being so like you challenge each other sometimes. It's just really, really Is it great. supportive? I feel like we spend most of the time tearing each other down a little bit. No. Yeah, there's some competition, but I think you lift each other up too. Oh, good. You know, like you give each other advice on how to be good podcast interviewers. Oh, good. No, I, I think, yeah, yeah I, our wives are definitely, they call this a date, that we date each other more than we date them. And I, I'm confused by <laughs> oh. that for sure. They, yeah, they're like, you know, uh, I don't get that. But um, yeah, that's nice. So we're figuring out friendship. We're navigating friendship. That. Is that your theory? Our own friendship, <laughs> friendships in general, <laughs> friendships that people would bring on. Oh, I love that, Renee. Oh, I love that. I love. I also love your meta idea. So they come, you come in and the guests go. You, you see, the, the proviso there is they've had to listen to the show at all. But then you come in and you can tell us what you think it's about and give us your spin. I love that. Yeah, it's such a cool yeah. thing. We're taking it and like we'll give you royalties, obviously. So, wow. so, but we are also failing on my mission to make this a tech podcast. I feel like that's okay. if it's about if it's about friendship. <laughs> Uh, I wonder where we are in the friendship charts in Ireland. I bet we're, we could be near the top. As, as, I don't as, know as how many niche friendship podcasts there are. I was just going to say, that's one of the nice things about this podcast is that you, um, it is a tech PM podcast. And yet you're, you just seem very comfortable, like two friends. It seems like you're sitting down, having a beer together like the, the 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 listener is having a beer with you it's just it's it's very inviting see yeah see that i love that as as marcus's wife would say it's nominally a tech podcast it's the nominal that i enjoy <laughs> so tell me tell me about research then so okay. one of the first my one of my first i'll give rami some context uh i know that you're supposed to uh you know listen to customers uh you know you know validate their pain points and create potential solutions and in my understanding validate that solution with a user and i was talking to renee about that when she first started I was like i want to do some we've got these things we kind of were afraid them i want to do some user validation and it was as if i had just said the most offensive thing in the world so so what's the deal with with validation testing uh renee well validation testing can be fine if you already have a quite a lot of understanding of the person that you're developing the service or the product or the you know the feature for if you're that mature if your idea is that mature and you've resonance tested the concept you know that there's value there if you've tested even the early designs you know that you're headed in a good direction it's going to be learnable repeatable all that kind of stuff that's great and but if you um but if you get to that point and you're doing validation research I just think it's wise to ask yourself, do we already know the answer to this? Do we know that we're in, headed in a good direction? Or are you doing testing to reveal new insights? Or even right. just to give yourself more confidence? You know, like, right. yeah, okay, before we launch it, we got we got to- <laughs> Just we, making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually don't have a problem with validation research, but I do feel like it is that term's overused. And sometimes people don't do the right kind of work in the beginning. Right. And they get to the very end. They haven't tested it. They It's based on whatever. Um, you know, you, you can't, um, you don't have confidence in it. And so they do validation research 
and they've uh-huh. almost kind of they've missed the boat. They skip you know? they skip the earlier steps, which are more yeah. important for someone who might work with someone who's triggered easily by validation uh, research. Just for example, what might be another term they could use uh, that would not get them in so much trouble? Or entirely separate method? Yeah, I would recommend that they do the right research earlier on. Right and research so, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're writing second. that down? Okay. Yes. Rena, I, I do have a question on UXR. So I uh, first time I, when I joined Google, the idea that UXR and research function was a full-blown org was just totally revolutionary to me. Previously, it had been like, part of the design team or part of the product or system, it was just blended in. And that idea that there was such a function there meant you got such powerful, like it, it was such a discipline. It was such an amazing discipline in the company. Um, one of the functions that discipline I found over the years has been educating all the other functions, what good UXR and research is, right? How it works, what are the do's, what are the don'ts? Cause everyone kind of ends up talking to customers and, and so on, or makes assumptions like, hey, I just want to do this particular type of test let's just, you know, go do that rather than here's the problem I'm trying to solve or here's the question that I have. I wondered if you had kind of a, a bank of, um, you know, pet peeves or things that you tend to find you have to correct along the lines of validation uh, in the bank of UXR that, you know, you, you now obviously have an audience uh, available to you to just correct once and for all in broadcast fashion. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. I think in my younger, surlier days, I used to really get irritated, you know, like uh, you may be an engineer who knows everything about, you know, X, but that doesn't make you an expert or you may use that remote control that way, but that doesn't mean everyone uses that remote control that way. I used to get so irritated just by that kind of assumption that my reality is everyone's reality and I'm going to go solve that problem that I have. It's just like a lot of self-referential product development. That used to really irritate me. Um, But then I found that when I would address that head on like that, you know, like, well, that may be true for you, but it's not necessarily true for everyone. It it would just kind of make people defensive and it, it would result in them not even opening up to user research or going on user interviews or talking to customers. So what I found is I would go up about it in a different way. So instead of saying you're doing it wrong, I would say, hey, there are other perspectives. Come with us to a user interview, hold the camera so you don't feel awkward or, you know, try to fix their TV or whatever and or that remote control and and observe. And, um, and ask questions, feel free to, you know, like, um, but when we would give them a job that usually worked out really well. And just by being there, you know, like, it's just exciting being with a, with someone who uses your product. It's just so thrilling because you imagine who you think they are, but then when you're in their space, whether it's at work or at home or whatever on the train, you just really, it just fires up that empathy. And I think it, it sticks with you. Like I, I, I really feel lucky to be in this field. Um, and I love bringing someone into the field and then seeing how they light up during an interview. Empathy. It's your total empathy builders and absolutely sticking ones. I've never, anytime I've left a UXR session, the two thoughts are one, we should always do it more often. We should do it earlier. Why didn't we, why haven't we, right? And two, you'll always refer to that output in every other discussion you have from now on, because you, you heard it directly and you remember it so vividly. It's, it's brilliant. It's such, so, such great empathy building. Yeah. 
what are what are some companies that do it best do you think Renee? like um from not not necessarily just where you've worked but like kind of where where do you see it um companies that are really strong on research i think that <clears throat> the companies that respect it as its own discipline and not just a subset of another discipline is i think those companies are tending to feed it properly you know like they're really investing in it they're investing in people and they can understand that it's not just a subset of design. It's not mm -hmm. just a subset of whatever your insights team, your market research team. Um, like in my, I don't know, in my perspective, from my perspective, I think user research is, is really good at coupling up with other disciplines. Like, I think it's a good couple to design, but I think it's a great couple to PMs. And so I, I actually think that those orgs that are investing in it really well, like, um, I think Meta or Facebook, um, <laughs> Google, uh, um, what is another one? I think, um, well, another thing that comes to mind is that there are a number of companies who are also pushing on user research and kind of helping it to evolve and grow the practice. And so some companies are really asking questions about like, are we talking to a diverse range of people? Like, and, and that seems sort of like a, maybe a problem that doesn't seem like the biggest problem to solve. But when you look at it, if you're only sampling like middle-aged white women and that's the only voice that you're hearing, then you're not necessarily going to get a representative perspective of, of sort of what, who your customers right. are and what their needs are. So companies that are doing that really well, like I think um, Slack comes to mind, but, um, but that's just, just one. And then, um, then there are other companies that I think like um, Spotify is doing an amazing job of looking at behaviors and reported uh, perspective. And that's where I'm, I'm super excited about the future of that. Like the ability to aggregate and synthesize what people say and what they do and their unmet needs or their, their motivations. That's like, that's exciting. Love it. So, so can you say a bit more about that? So, so what are they blending? So you've got the behavioral stuff, which is what they're actually doing, the the attitudinal stuff, which is what they'll say they would do. And you're saying Spotify is doing some net new stuff where they're able to combine or what what specifically? Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't work at Spotify, um, but some of the things I've seen in the past um, were, were pretty exciting. They have, they um, will couple qualitative researchers or ethnographers who go out into the world and they study humans, they interview humans, and they'll, they'll uh, partner those people with uh, data analysts or data scientists. And so here's an example, and I don't know that they're doing this at Spotify, but here's an example. You might go into the world and you study someone and you realize, oh, hey, this person just built a new playlist and they're building it with one other person. And those people are, they've just joined into a relationship and they've fallen in love. And then you can go back and you can share that trend with a data scientist and say, look for that behavior. Brilliant. And then and then they can start to build some hypotheses and test. And so you build up a really strong model of like what people are doing and then what they're doing in your app. And so it's just, I think it's, it's really brilliant. Oh, I love that. I love that example because the data can be essentially like the haystack, right? It's the, it's the needle in the haystack, whereas the behavioral talking to someone can show you what the needle looks like. Now go and yeah. find a model to, to model. I love that. I was going to say, Marcus, we should probably 
share our, our playlist from now on. Just I immediately on. thought, what does our play? What does our playlist say about us? Our shared playlist is there. We in love, and what does that actually? Spot of what have they labeled us as? <laughs> I can't wait for the rap. Probably wiggles, wiggles, wiggles. <laughs> it's all nineties. It's terrible. Yeah, it's just, music, is yeah, yeah. It is. So one of the things Spotify does, Rene, is it does an end of year. Do you know this? Do, do you use Spotify? Yeah, mine is. I think. Mine last year was I played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 800 times last year. Uh, it, it was clearly number one. So anyway, yeah, my Spotify is broken. And, you, and but, your kids hate Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The well, thing. it was, it was free, briefly, it was a bedtime routine tune. Uh, and that's why I got to 800 pretty quick. But yeah. Yes. So um, Spotify doesn't know who I am, but, but if they, if they did have a behavioral researcher come out, you know, I feel like a little bit of chatting with me, I'm sure I actually want them to fix that. Cluster. How do you fix that? Just cluster oh. it. You know what kids' music is. You know what you're like. This is a dad. Yeah, this yeah, is just, yeah. just work out some persona, like shadow guest persona stuff. You should be able to do some clusters and do some Heaps validation and research Heaps of other at the end of it. that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I've, I've yeah, learned. Like, they could send you a little message like, hey, Marcus, seems like you've been spending too much of your music time on kids. Is everything okay? <laughs> Just checking in, yeah. maybe partner yeah. with like you know, the breathe, you know, the cam app. You could do kind of a why don't you take some breathing time for yourself? I, you've been oh. playing Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles a lot lately. That's... Why don't you take two minutes for yourself to take some deep breaths and just just <laughs> crank out the Nirvana or whatever nineties <laughs> grunge? I went to old school, so this is this is my solution. In my truck, I've got a CD player and I bought six CDs. Went to old school again. One of them, guess the CDs actually. Oh, what, what points for game. guessing the CDs? I, guess. I bought them for my truck a few weeks ago. And I'm telling you, it's I stopped listening to new music in like 2005. So you go, there you we go, go first. You go first, Renee. Oh, 2005. I don't need the exact album, but but any band. genre. I can give you a genre. Oh, we can go genre if you want, but yeah, it's yeah. but it's a little bit all over the place. But yeah, Renee goes first. I'm gonna guess. Well, Rami, can you go first? I okay, think okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm I going. Don't know enough. I'm yeah. going down the like s- s- the blur kind of late nineties two we're, dudes and a guitar. There's there's a there's there's a theme. There, so that's part. There, I mean, they're not there. Blur is not in there. So no blur. Next. Oasis. Oh. No Oasis. What? Oh, okay. Um, like Pearl Jam. You're way closer. Yeah. What? Yeah. Not Pearl Jam though. Um, Rami, you used uh, to play. Yeah. You used to have been a band that did all covers what was the what band you've got a metallica, metallica CD in boom. There. i've got the what? black album first album i bought what? stick it straight in kids in the car down the road windows down black oh, yeah. album on this, this is the, this is what we're talking here there's nothing like enter sandman for a six-year-old i think that really helps they love it they routine. love it yeah, yeah they yeah, do it's, love it so it's brilliant, good brilliant. So, okay it's like a primer. You need to teach your kids the classics. It is. The it's classics. classics. That's yeah. what they are. Vintage. Let's shoot for one more. I feel like you'll get it. Now that we know Metallic is in there. Never mind's Never in mind. there. Boom. Oh, there we there go. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now Nirvana. we got it. Okay. Well, we yeah. got it. Okay. Yeah. We got some violent femmes. We, oh, I put Daft Punk in there. A little oh. bit, you know, just a little bit of a little bit of a oh, mix for delicious. the Delicious. You know? So it's a bit more university days. Because my Spotify is broken, though, because when I turn it on, it's like, you must want to listen to, I don't know, lullabies. I'm like, no, I'm like in the truck. Garbage podcasts no. about friendship. <laughs> you must want to listen to more of those. No, yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk about podcasts, Rene? So you said you're an avid podcast fan. What are what? I, I'm not, and I don't actually, neither of us, ironically, <laughs> listen to any podcasts. At some point in time, we used to listen to them a lot. Okay. Um, so what when would I you... said 
you know the beginning of the Conan O'Brien needs a friend. No, I, I do said, know that. Oh I, yeah, I know that you because know? I do know that because I watch the um, Conan O'Brien snippets on YouTube. I'm addicted to YouTube, and they do okay. the they put the thing. So I know uh, Movsasian, Sonam Movsasian, his um, who's just had twins or triplets. Or, so I've watched I've watched a number of those Conan O'Brien needs a friend um, episodes on YouTube. But but that's the only thing. What what oh. else is out there? Okay, I like. Stephen Levitt, you know, he's one of the Freakonomics guys. He yeah. has a podcast called People I Mostly Admire. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. He has people with, with very thoughtful perspectives on a wide variety of topics. And sometimes you listen and you think, Whew, no, I don't prescribe. I don't subscribe to that That's point not of for view. Me. Yeah. But it's good to hear. It's okay. really good to hear as a thinking Great. person. Great. Um, but sometimes it's just amazing. Um, I love that. I also love um, uh, uh, the guy from the New York Times, Ezra Klein. Ezra Klein from Vox. Yes. Yeah. 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 From um, previously he Vox. has, yeah, previously Vox. Um, he has a podcast. I'm just going to pull up my list. He has a podcast um, that is fantastic. He just, again, he has really interesting. It's people with really interesting points of view on, and he talks about them, about just a wide range of topics. And sometimes it's what you expect. It's like highbrow, you know, and, and then other times he'll have like someone that wrote a book about octopus, octos, they call them now. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> what, yeah. he, what books about octopuses are called octos or people who are obsessed with octopuses are o- called octos? Well, octopus has now been rebranded as octos. Yes, they're now being rebranded as octos because I don't know the logic. It's something like it's, it's actually grammatically more correct than octopi. So oh, octopus sure. is the plural Whoa. of octopus. Okay. I think so. Octopuses. So, no, octopuses. nobody ever called them octopuses, it's right? Not, it's not because pusses sounds just like <laughs> slightly <laughs> marginal. Is this a, is, are we, is pusses being canceled? Is that what's happened? No, it's, it's I because, hope not. It's so awkward. <laughs> this um, is like Pluto all over again, isn't it? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. things you thought were absolute are mm-hmm. now octo. Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so the Ezra Klein show, sorry. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that one. Segway, oh, sorry. you know what my kids love? They love the moth. We listen to the moth in the car all the time. And what, just, what's the, we'll age, we'll age the moth? bracket here now, just so that we know kids? What are, what are we, are we, is yeah. this a six-year-old and three-year-old appropriate? I have a 13-year-old and an 18-year-old, so okay. maybe not. Okay. Because um, some of the stories get racy, uh, but... Something you know, for when the you're parents, having, maybe yeah, it goes over the head in the back. Yeah. 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 Like they went to sleep or yeah. you're having okay. some Marcus time <laughs> alone in the truck when the, when the Nirvana CD is over, when it's finished. Okay. The moth. And uh, is that it? The moth? Is that it? What's it called? Just the moth. The moth. Yeah. And also I've been trying to listen to more podcasts uh, made by um, black and brown people or yeah. people who are like, I just, um, you know, like voices that I need to hear more of, right. you know? Um, so there's one called, um, uh, the, our body politic, which I've been, I've been enjoying lately. And it's, a, there are a lot of topics about, I'm going to screw this up. I feel, I, I apologize to the woman who, um, creates that podcast, but there are a lot of stories about, um, uh, women of color and just issues that matter to them. So for instance, they had a woman, 
on, uh, uh, who's an expert on climate change and how that's impacting um, just different communities. And it's just, it's, it's really good. So that's like my way of just, you know, trying to expand my, my world a little bit. That's amazing. But yeah, there's definitely something about the podcast as a medium that makes it, as you said, upfront, more intimate. So listening in on people conversation who voices you wouldn't otherwise be exposed to is such an amazing way to just bootstrap that, you know, like really get exposed in a, in a very fast, long form, but ultimately fast way, right? Why, why yeah. do you think there's been an explosion? Of, why do you love podcasts so much? Because when I think about it, you know, when we think about technology and about blogs, when the internet first came out in the night, everyone in the 90s had like a blog page and then and then blogging stopped happening and, and it was all about emails, newsletters, and then that all went away and and I feel like there's a resurgence of blogs and newsletters and long form and, and podcasts. What, what do you think is driving that from a, from a cultural or social point of view? Or why are we doing that now? Yeah, I think there are probably a lot of different reasons. I mean, technologically, it's just so easy now, you know, right. and also culturally, because it's so easy and so inexpensive, people feel this freedom to create in ways that they didn't either have access to it or couldn't afford it before. Right. The other thing is, um, I think that there's just this explosion of information, like that you can consume so much information and get access to this stuff in a really easy way. It's really easy for me to listen to a podcast while I'm walking the dog in the morning versus wow. reading the neighbor, the, the newspaper, you know, I, I'm of the opposite mind. I feel like a podcast is the hardest way to get the information. Like if you're going to listen to an hour of a podcast, like I'm an avid skimmer of headlines and like, I feel like I get the gist pretty quick and move on, flip on to the next thing. Uh, where, so I, I do, you know, I, I, I get frustrated if I can't immediately access it. Even on YouTube, I listen on two X and I'm skip, 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 skip till I get to the point where I want to listen. And I listen to three minutes of it and then I move on to the next video. So I think it's, it's super interesting that you say that it's accessible, but the use cases that so Renee's key was there was while walking the dog. So you wouldn't be able to have your phone out. Right. It's the ambient yeah. information yeah. soaking thing, right? Yeah. 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 I have to actively manage that. Like I will, I'm an over consumer of information. And then I realized, oh, I had no quiet time this morning to prepare for my day. Right. To just kind of get my, my chill vibe uh -huh. going because I now just read the newspaper and listened to two top podcasts and now I'm all worked up over something, you know? <laughs> You're about to start a petition and start lobbying someone. And now the Nevada CD is definitely getting played. Yeah. 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 If yeah. you're, I was going to say, if, if you had six CDs in a truck, Renee, you got to pick six now, what would they be? Oh, that's a great question. That's a really great question. I only have one CD in my car right now and it yeah. is, like this old Chinese classical music that's supposed to restore your chi. Oh, nice. And so wow. when I feel like torturing my children, I uh -huh. put it on and I yeah. just blast it. Like Do you want to listen to figuring things out or the chi music again, right? That's the choice. <laughs> the options. They're always picking chi, always. It's like, okay, just put on the CD again. This is, this is how we get our numbers up. This is how it works. Gun to your head. That's yeah. yeah. So, so, sorry, the music is meant to restore your chi, or it's information. What, what's the story? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just classical Chinese music that is oh. meant to, I don't know, clear pathways and restore your chi. So we listen to that 
periodically. A lot, it seems like. In, yeah, in the car, I what, what I'm interested in, I didn't realize car chi was a, was a specific like subgenre of car chi. Car is a niche, a sub-niche of chi. Because yeah. you don't have that many options of layout in a car. Like the seats yeah. are kind of stuck and the doors are uh-huh. kind of where they are. What, yeah. what can you do with the car chi? Just out of curiosity. Oh, that's, that's a really good question. I, uh-huh. I, I now I'm suddenly realizing that I'm multitasking in the wrong, maybe not even the best way. Even when you're cheating, <laughs> even when you're cheating and your feng shui is totally off. There's loads of stuff wrong with it. It's just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Car chi. also like an Car-chi. anxious driver. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I I'm so stressed? Um, I will look, I will look into okay. car chi as well. I'm going to put this down. Okay. Something to look up <laughs> Marcus has got a long reading list on his sabbatical. He's but, just, what's happening right now is he's doing his own user research. Yeah, I've got six weeks. Co- collecting content of things yeah. to do for his sabbatical. It's going to improve oh, the podcast. Good. But we didn't yeah. get any, we didn't get any music. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would also play albums that I could sing really loudly from beginning to end uh-huh. or just jam out. Like it yeah. has some kind of like real, uh, like a, a place in my heart. Yeah, like okay. what? Come on, let's and, hear it. And, and you guys aren't going to judge, right? No, there's no judgment. You know the podcast. We well, just judge each other. 100% about judgments. Well, this is yeah. about okay. <laughs> okay. good friendship-based judgment. Yeah. Okay. So I really shouldn't say this. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Since I was in fourth grade, yeah. so decades now, my go-to like pump myself up song is the 1812 Overture by Tchaikovsky. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> did not so high. I did not, did I not see like that coming. I did not see that coming. I was going to click my like, fingers to it. This what are we going to get here? No, yeah. or, or like no. the boss. No. Cindy Lauper. This no. is so no. highbrow, Renee. Uh, like the, bo- the, the cannons at the uh-huh. end just uh-huh. blows my mind. Who puts cannon in a song? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's underdone these days. I mean, <laughs> I would say that much. It's yeah. a lost art. It's a lost uh-huh. art. Wait, wait. You said you yeah. sing to it from end to end. How do you sing? Are you okay. humming? Are you? Sc- I yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just like, yeah. But to sing, like a singing album, maybe like, um, what is that? Uh, the, in the Aeroplane Over the Sea. Do you know that one? Oh, God. Oh, my In the gosh. Aeroplane Over the Sea. D- this is Conan O'Brien the host? Can you just sing it for us? No, uh, neutral milk hotel, neutral milk hotel. Neutral That's milk one hotel. Where I put it on and then I just sing all the way through. <gasps> and like, um, like maybe Nevermind would be in there too. Would but it? like songs I think that you're just sing. trying to build bridges here now. It would, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, and Nevermind. That one's for you. Also, something Marcus would know. <laughs> yeah, oh. or maybe like, um, like a like a musical. You know, yeah. like, um, like, like what? I'm a big musicals person. I am, no, generally. I am. You? I really am. I could sing you any right song from Annie now or all the Hamilton songs or Cats or any, like, is in or... What, one Rent, one Rent song, go. I don't, <laughs> me or Renee? Well, you're, the person who just claimed <laughs> you're being particularly aggressive there, so I'm assuming it's our guest. I'm skeptical. One, go on. One Rent, go, Renee. Can you... Uh, we could sing that the King song from from uh, Hamilton, you know, the... Um... Uh, you want to sing? I'm not going to sing a podcast. No, I can't do it, Renee. Sorry. This is the point in the podcast where we say we're not professionals. We don't know what we're yeah, talking no, about. Yeah, no, we don't know what we're, we're talking about on. here. Yeah, well, let's yeah. move on. Yeah, let's yeah. move on. Good okay. idea. What would you have in your car, Rami? Oh, my goodness. I've got nonstop 
Latin beats is essentially what happens end to end. I know none of the words, none of the singers, <laughs> none of the songs, just nonstop Latin because it's just, it's just. Can we tell, can vibes. we tell her any why Latin is a, a big part of your life? Just heritage. Yeah. It's a big part in my blood. It's not in my blood at all. I'm entirely Middle Eastern. What, what happened in your twenties though? There's a lot of, uh, yeah. Look, at, at some point in time, I tripped into a bar and started learning how to salsa and then ended up teaching salsa. Look, it's not a proud. He's, Rami is being modest here. Rami, oh Rami is a phenomenal salsa. So, you are a phenomenal salsa dancer and I'm, you're going to talk over me. No. <laughs> he, he really is. I've, he is a genuinely a fantastic mover and he is, very very talented like he can he can really move so whatever he's being very humble right now uh but if he continues to be humble i will forward you a link to him on the internet <laughs> of him being really really good at it and he is a phenomenal dancer on, yeah. on account of that i'm going to stop it right there uh, <laughs> if, if the threats keep the threats come i won't out. i won't i won't i won't out you on the podcast but there is but there is from, proof that rami is a, a really really good salsa from, dancer from, from circa 2006 the other thing i my secret shame is just pop like the poppier the better, the more current and poppier the better, mainly because it's just chewing gum and it makes me feel, I don't know, the current, just what are the kids, what does what everyone listen? It's the water cooler of kind of yeah. like the sport. What else is people listening to? Here's what people are listening to. I don't know. But you, you were big on, so Remy was in a band, you were a guitarist in a band. Oh yeah, if, if you so want to date, date my high stuff. school thing, I was, yeah. I was a metalhead, I had long yeah. hair, I had a tripe chip goatee, I was lead guitarist in like a high school cover band kind of thing and we were, Metallica, Pantera, Sepultura, you know, that sort of genre. Strictly out again. hardcore guitarist stuff. I have you know? blurry memories of the NBA, Rene, when at the end of a night one night when we were all had way too much to drink, looking up at the stage and seeing Rami, like suddenly Metallica came on and I looked up at the stage and Rami had somehow got up on stage and was playing, was like jamming out some Metallica on stage. Were you playing guitar as well, Rami? It was so blurry. I can't even remember that particular. You were at the, it was like, it was the Halloween fancy dress party, that thing. thing, And you jumped up on stage and started doing Metallica. It was phenomenal. No, it was good. It was good. Who just steals the guitar from the band. No, no, it was good. good. You crushed it. You crushed it. You you still had it all these years later. Anyway, we should probably talk to Rennie. Rennie. Um, Rami has lined up a, a f- we with our guests we do a this or that section so I would tee that up okay. Rami oh are you up for it just because you know it's it's a thing yeah. that we do it's a it's a set yeah. bit that we have yeah it's a fast it's a rapid round okay uh, only a handful just a rapid round just to kind of get insight into into in fact we've covered a couple of these as it were uh just a handful Whatever comes top of mind, you know, first impression, that sort of thing, kind of like an ink test. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Okay. Yeah. NPS or Likert scale? Definitely Likert scale. And I recommend a five point scale, unless it's in, you're testing in Asia, then a 10 point scale. Oh, there it is. Dropping some factoids. Easy. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Qualtrics or Google Forms? Depends on your use case. (laughs) If you are. If you're trying to do advanced statistical modeling or, you know, more sort of advanced, you need more advanced tools. I would say Qualtrics. Okay. okay. If, I, I, I enjoy the nuanced response of your immediate first response is depends. That's excellent. Uh, would you go qual or quant, quant research? Qual or quant? Both. Boom. <laughs> In your face, that's Rami. Right. That's right. That's right. That's a trick <laughs> question for all the punters at home. Okay, here we Together. go. Much harder. Bose Quiet Comfort earplugs or uh, Apple AirPods? <laughs> oh, Marcus gave you that. Did Marcus give you that? No, 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 no. These are all Rami's. Okay. I actually 
like those products quite a lot. And I'm an Android user, so I don't tend to use the Apple products, uh, except for, you know, my laptop, but yeah. Okay. The okay. fact well, that you're an Android user is a red flag, just so you know, as a user <laughs> researcher as well. But uh, uh, just going to throw you. that out there. Just yeah. Nine, nine, 90% yeah. of the population, Marcus. So red flag. Most empathetic with the red populace. Flag. 90% yep. of the population. Uh, moving on. Who are the biggest pains to work with, design or product? <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm just making friends. Um, it doesn't have to be at this company. You can think of your previous experience right. as well, right? In fact, specifically, we'll caveat it with assuming previous experience only. Yeah. know that I would call them a pain in the pains I mean it I feel like research yeah (laughs) (laughs) they both depend they both present great opportunities yeah I think research partners really well with PMs I think sometimes sometimes designers can do their own research you know like sometimes if, if it's just usability testing I don't know. That, right. that was the question you asked. No, no, I'm I, failing I, this I, question. I, th- I think you've, you've implicitly answered it. Um, you need to handhold the PM's hands the most and therefore they're the, they're the biggest pain in the butt. That's what I heard from you. Like read between the lines and you didn't have to say it came out of my mouth. It's fine, but we get the gist. Uh, no problem. That's a great answer. One last one. Marcus or Rami? Oh, yeah. Both. Of course, both. You know. That, I, she, should have, she should have picked me because she's, she's like, we've got to... There's no advantage to saying both there because we work together forever. So now, so like both is the equivalent of picking you in my mind. That's so the major, there we go, Rami. The fact that you no, even just... got to level and I've known her for four years is like, I mean, that, just that's a testament. Right? That's a testament to our building relationship. That's what that is, Mark. It's because of all the po- you come out so great in these podcasts. I just got to figure out how to how to knock you down a few notches because of your editing. You've got full control, man. You do what you need to do. Both, I'll take both as an answer. It's very reasonable to, to take both because we're a unit. It's a friendship. Yeah, That's we are. Is. We come yeah. as a pair. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. for taking, thanks for taking that silly game. It's yeah, just a, a lot yeah. of fun. My pleasure. So, so first of all, this, this can be a tricky uh, to navigate subject for men. And, and I would like to have a conversation around you're, you're a woman in tech and, and you've had a very strong and successful career and you mentor people and people look to you for your success. So we could talk about um, what you feel your responsibility is. If you're comfortable about it, you could you could help me and Ravi navigate what our responsibilities are as as men working in tech, things like that. Um, super interested in talking about all that. Okay, okay. I think in order to so thank you for in, for get, for inviting me to talk about this and for using this super you know public. Uh, communication device to share sure. that. No, seriously, I, I, I actually think that, that that is wonderful that you are asking that question, even if it's uncomfortable, because it's uncomfortable. I think that that's wonderful. Sure. I, I think in order, in preparation for this conversation, I was thinking about that conversation, I was thinking about that very topic. And I think maybe t- I'm going to back up a little bit and share a little bit about my personal experience. So I, I was um, born to a very strong feminist who's still pissed off that the ERA was never passed at the national level, the, the Equal Rights Amendment, yeah. right? It's passed at every state over, it took some, some like, what, 40 years to get it approved uh, across the United States. She's still angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 
I was raised by, you know, my, my mother, my grandmother, very strong women. And I was raised with this idea that you can do anything a man can do as if being a man is the default. Right. And that's your measure of success. How are you getting the roles that a man could do? Are you showing up the way that a man could do? Are you getting right. paid the way that a man could do? And so I grew up and, and I also had four brothers. I grew up with four brothers. So my natural inclination is competition. Right. And I came into the workforce and that was my motivating factor when I was like earlier in my career. And then I got to a point where I realized that's exhausting and I'm not making any space for the people that I'm working with. It's about me and my ability to, to, to be equal. Right. 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 And it, it inevitably pits women against men or men against women. Right. And, and so then I had my own kids and I say to my kids, you can be anything that you want to be. Right. Like I said, that to my firstborn who was born female and son, and we're in a different world at this point, right? It's like 2003. And my kid said to me, well, what if that means I don't want to be a female? Right. I was like, no, no, that's not a right answer. You can be any kind Within of the woman you want to be. Yeah. 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 And so now we're at this point where like my perspective on this has changed so much. I don't think that it's just a case of how do we make women equal or how do we make it more equal? I mean, the, the, uh, there's a huge problem with them. For women who are in tech, there's a big problem with, um, you know, like women make up about half of the workforce and only 25% of people in tech are female. Uh-huh. And when you're thinking about, when you, then you start to look at uh, black and brown women, the numbers drop dramatically and they're, um, uh, the amount of money that they make compared to particularly white men is much lower, not mm-hmm. just their base salary, but also like the equity that they get, the RCs and stuff. So we have a huge problem there. But in my mind, we're like, it's not just a matter of how do we make women equal, but it's like, how do we progress as a society right. so that people are being respected, seen, supported, and we are making, we're creating equal opportunity for everybody. And I think that that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Wholeheartedly, uh, 100% agree. Um, what are some of the things that you would like to see change then? Or what are like specifically, yeah, what, how can, how can, how can we make that change? Well, there aren't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this, but there aren't a whole lot of women in leadership roles or on boards. I mean, compared to men and, and there aren't a whole lot of black and brown women and there aren't a whole lot of queer people on boards and in these like very visible leadership roles. Right. I think that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Like let's make opportunities so that that becomes just like a, a, another option. You know, yeah. it's not like oh how look how special. It's just it's, and and then the, those people can also be role models to other people who are looking for something, looking for a north star um, as they cr- you know, uh, progress in their career. What are some con- companies that do it well or, or some areas of hope, Rennie? I think the companies that are um, being transparent about salaries are doing a, a great service to their company and to other companies around them. And I, I, I'm really optimistic about tech being a leader in this space because 
you know, like you can go online and you can look up the salary norms for organizations, which is pretty am amazing. So then, you know, like um, if you are, I'm just going to generalize, but let's say you're a woman and you are really confident, but you don't necessarily understand your monetary value, you might go into a compensation conversation and not really understand like what, you know, sort of what the norms are for what your counterparts. Is. Right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the first thing we learn, right? Is that generally they don't negotiate. Women don't negotiate as much. And they you know, there's these, all these compounding things where if you do some transparency, there's opportunity to be able to ask for what you're worth at yeah. the starting point. Right. Yeah. So like when I'm um, like coaching or mentoring or just being a thought partner to younger women, I will often encourage them to do their homework mm -hmm. and to um, not think about compensation as a gift, but rather something that you've earned. Yeah. You right. know, like, like I showed up, I yeah. kicked ass. Yeah. yeah. This is what I get. Right. You know? Right. Okay. So I was just kind of hoping you'd tell us the easy way to fix it. So it seems like you don't know, Randy, <laughs> We're is what I'm hearing. looking for a silver bullet. I, I mean, it was it supposed, like be, it was supposed to be a quick bullet. fire thing. Can you tell us how to fix that? But you, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have the answer. Depends. Depends. It depends. <laughs> uh, yeah.